0: Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea, and I am joined by Adrian Martini. Hello.
1: Hello, hello. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm chilly. The fall has officially arrived here, so it was about 40 degrees and drizzling. So. Oh. As, I gotta, I I gotta say, I went,
0: I went running yesterday morning, and it was 38 degrees, and that was like a <laughs> sudden drop. I'm like, what's going on here?
1: <laughs> and then today. Well,
0: I discovered. Yeah, you've discovered what?
1: Uh, I've discovered that I've forgotten how to dress for weather. (laughs) There's always a week when the fall really hits that I'm just like, wait, how do I do this? How do I do this again? And then it comes back to me,
0: Oh my gosh, particularly the the rain aspect of the 40 degrees made it tough, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's pretty gross. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. But I
1: don't, I I run better the crappier the weather is, so.
0: (laughs) Well, that's a good quality to have when you live in upstate new york
1: it is well yeah i mean adapt to what you have i guess uh
0: uh-huh. uh-huh. so, yep yep yeah. so while well, are you staying cozy with any knitting projects
1: you know what i sure am i started a new project a couple of days ago because a certain uh train like a mother club coach mm. asked for a baby blanket i wonder oh. who that could be. oh how wonderful um, and we worked out a little deal, and uh-huh. uh, so I'm working on a baby blanket, and I'm having such fun. Oh, good! Um, because everybody in my general area is outside of the having babies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, realm at this point. Uh huh. We're all in the complaining about our teenagers realm.
0: Oh, we're gonna we're going to get to that topic in <laughs> this introduction, <laughs> I think. <laughs>
1: um, and since that's the case, I don't get to knit a whole lot of baby stuff yet. Uh-huh. Um. Which is usually followed up by then somebody saying, well, you know, you'll be a grandmother soon, To which I say, no, thank you. Um, you know, there's
0: ways out, to please. prevent that.
1: Yes. <laughs> and since my child has had the Unitarian um, Our Whole Lives program, oh, yeah. she knows all the ways to prevent that. Oh,
0: very so. good, very good. Yeah, you've told me about yes. that. I think that, uh, I think it sounds like a very um, thorough. smart program. Yeah, Yes, mm-hmm.
1: smart and thorough. So. Yep. Um, so yeah, so I'm enjoying knitting uh, some baby stuff. Oh,
0: how cute! I thought maybe you were going to say some booties. Um, no,
1: booties are a little too fiddly for me. Uh-huh. I, I I lack the dexterity sometimes to to deal uh-huh. with booties because you know uh-huh. babies are tiny. They have right, little feet. <laughs> right, right. And the booties never stay on. Oh, I know they're so. they're
0: mainly just for being cute they uh, are yeah, yeah yeah they're don't sure
1: bonnets mm-hmm. just for being cute and then you know blankets and sweaters for when you actually want to keep the baby warm so. right 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 right
0: so yeah. sp- speaking of kids did you do anything fun for halloween which as we record this was just last night
1: right um yeah no um my kids declared this year that they did not want to trick-or-treat
0: oh at all
1: at all wow. they wanted nothing to do with it um Maddie, my teen, my fifteen year old decided uh-huh. to. She wanted to watch the Adams Family movie.
0: Do 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 do. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And then declared that she had found her, the family that she wanted to be in so stop like, all right
0: <laughs> morticia is my true mother yes. mother yeah.
1: i was like well your dad can't speak french <laughs> right. and then she got grossed out and left um and no because it's you it's does.
0: you who needs to speak french because then he can kiss your arm up and down oh that's right it
1: goes the other way yeah. Right. Right. right, right. Um, well, I I took German, which is not the world's sexiest.
0: <laughs> it right. doesn't make men kiss your arm up and down, no. No,
1: <laughs> no it's a terrifying language, really. <laughs> yeah. um, and my son has never really been into Halloween. Like, oh. You know, when he was really into Halloween, we'd go to, like, uh, around a block or two, and then he'd be like, okay, done.
0: Oh, my um, gosh, wow.
1: So, and they do Halloween up big here. Uh-huh just my kids weren't into it this year so and nobody comes up the hill to our house oh
0: i didn't know you lived so on hill so it's pretty quiet
1: oh okay. yeah oh yeah yeah i live right in the middle of a pretty steep hill if you ever look at my strava um account okay which you don't do because you don't care um <laughs> you can see that uh, most of my runs are they start going up a pretty significant hill oh, because all right. i have no options so okay. so what did you all do
0: for Halloween oh so well first of all my kids you know l- just get, look cross-eyed at kids who don't like to go out like they can't <laughs> they can't fathom it they cannot right? fathom it so um so Phoebe well Phoebe I guess she hasn't trick-or-treated for maybe a year or two but she went out with a friend who has a younger sister and so they took the younger sister out in that neighborhood and then Daphne went out um, with a friend in that friend's neighborhood, um, and I'm friends with that mother because she's a mother runner, um, and uh, and then so John was the only one who went around our neighborhood, and but they didn't, you know, I wasn't supposed to go with them. So last right. last night was the first Halloween since 2001 that I haven't gone trick or treating with kids, yeah. and yeah. It, it was a hard transition. I was really nostalgic <laughs> and sad and kind of lonely and like really had to hold myself back from telling like every mother who came up with a young child to be like, treasure these moments. They'll go by so fast. (laughs) Um, And, uh, um, so we don't get well, You a- know, Sarah, yes.
1: eventually you'll have grandkids. So. Oh, please.
0: Oh, please, you think I wasn't already thinking that? I dropped so I had to pick up <laughs> I had to pick John up, you know, 12-year-old John picked him and his friend up at school. Uh they were two-thirds of the Schuyler sisters um, from right. ha- Hamilton as you saw on social media. Yes. And so yep. John was and Peggy um and so uh, so he had this fabulous dress and bonnet that we borrowed from Molly's daughters. And um, oh, and he wore his shoes that he'd gotten two years ago for to be Ariana Grande, which never took right. off the ground because it rained so hard that year. And so he trumped all, all around our neighborhood in these wedge heeled shoes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so he wore the dress to school because uh, at their school, as long as you don't have a mask on, you're allowed to wear your right. costume. Right so um so he went around with his two gal pals and boy they I mean they got a lot a lot a lot of candy um and because we have very, we have an excellent flat grid neighborhood. So it's like right. I, with sidewalks, it's ideal for trick-or-treating. And a lot of people come in. Yes. Alex is shaking his head. Yes. Um, it is a neighborhood that people like drive to, to come to, to go oh, trick-or-treating. Yeah. yeah. And, um, so he had quite a good time. Um, so, and I, I woman our front door and, um, handed out candy. Um, but Molly and I and Jack, Uh, my husband went to a Halloween party, an annual Halloween party that we always go to. We went to that last Friday night. Yeah. And um, so, and I repurposed a costume that uh, I was, Dim and I were Elsa for um, uh, like a a Disney. Yeah. um, For Disney princess. No, no. What am I saying? Um, Oh my gosh. I can't believe I'm blanking on this Tinkerbell and the one down in Disney world that's princess is it princess yeah yeah it just didn't sound right so um and Alex looked at me like I don't have an answer for you Sarah I don't (laughs) know I don't know this pass um so she and I had been Elsa so um I was um driving somewhere and giving it some thought and suddenly I'm like I can be a special snowflake and (laughs) (laughs) which I I love clever costumes and I'm like hey that's kind of clever And so, um, I had Phoebe draw quite a big, uh, snowflake, two snowflakes out of cardboard and I spray painted them with this really awesome blue sparkly paint and I got light up a strand of light up snowflake, um, you know, like battery powered lights that I put around my neck and I wore a, um, uh tutu um uh, tough girl tutu white that had leftover um big blue sparkly snowflakes on them and I had gloves left over from princess that had they were white with big blue snowflakes on the back of those and um so anyway so I get there and I didn't realize that special snowflakes is a political thing Oh, yeah. So I was totally out of that loop. So I walk in and immediately, you know, here I am in Portland. They're like, hey, great political costume. It's so timely. Oh, my goodness. I'm I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm a special snowflakes. You know, like the person who, like acts like they aren't demanding but they really are you know isn't that funny and they're like no it's a political thing i'm like no i'm meant yeah, to be just totally. like funny like the person who's like well, oh, i don't <laughs> mean to be a special snowflake but i can only sleep on down pillows you know right so right so anyway so it was very fun and there's um dancing they have a deep they have a um uh in true portland style their side yard is um turf because, right. because then it doesn't get muddy and right. um, so... Oh, like AstroTurf? AstroTurf, like fake yeah grass? Oh yeah, and oh. it's it's not uncommon to see that here in Portland because um, then if you let your dog out, you know, your dog right. doesn't come in with muddy paws Well, and... but then they pee on your
1: AstroTurf <laughs>
0: I don't know I'm and I'm sort of, I don't really know all the reasons why, Alex, do you know why people have AstroTurf in Portland other than a, a dog and muddy paws? Um laziness laziness (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so because you don't have to baseball (laughs) golf um so uh they put a DJ out there and oh my goodness had such fun dancing I love dancing and I don't get to do it enough so um that was very very fun yeah
1: right yeah my um the Halloween costume that is always my fallback Mm -hmm. um and will be for the next few years at least mm-hmm. is to go as the Queen of England. Oh, nice! Um, so that I can walk around with my corgi.
0: <laughs> oh, fabulous! And do you tie a right? kerchief over your head and wear I do. a Mackinac. Yeah, I usually
1: borrow uh, a wig or two from the costume shop and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> yep, wear, and wear really costume. sensible
0: shoes. <laughs> yep. Yep.
1: Oh, it's And walk around going hello.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So and you are headed headed on a trip aren't you do when do you leave i,
1: I am um i'm leaving saturday morning so we're recording oh. this on wednesday the first mm-hmm. so i'll leave saturday morning uh and head down to the big apple mm-hmm. new york city yep gotham yeah um <laughs> check out some dames some brides no I don't know where that went um doing guys and dolls in my head apparently
0: oh i know oh please uh, i saw the i saw the sailor suits as you were talking don't worry about it. yes uh-huh
1: yes good 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 Um, no so I'm going to go down for the marathon which Mm -hmm. is on Sunday Mm -hmm. Um, on Saturday at 3 we're going to have a little bammer gathering Uh Um, so if anybody is in the area and wants to join us yes uh, and so regardless
0: yeah and r- sorry regardless of whether person you don't have to be running the marathon or even oh, no, spectating yeah, the yeah, marathon yeah. It's just if you're yeah. if you're within uh, a certain radius a, a reasonable radius of the where you all are going to be meeting so where so you're meeting at three on saturday we're meeting um, at
1: three on saturday at the new york road Runners new balance um oh it's like a Shop that they have. It's a permanent shop. It's right on the edge of Central Park. I can send you actual re- real details if you email me. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's a good place for runners to meet or anyone to meet, and we can get out of the weather if there is weather. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there isn't weather, we might wander up and take a look at the finish line because mm-hmm. it's only a block or two from there. Or mm-hmm. go get some coffee. Or and I'll have some goodies.
0: Yeah, some swag from some of our partners. Have some swag. Yeah, you got noon and Sweatex and.
1: Yep. And some Stroopwaffles.
0: waffles,
1: yes. Uh huh. Yep.
0: And, um, oh, and you have the noon um, sweatbands. Um, yes. You know, yes. Sweatbands. Terry um, wristbands. Yep. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. So come see me. Come see some swag. Yeah. Or get some swag. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to take it back. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I'm volunteering at the race, and my shift is I'll be at the finish line from 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. until 10 p.m. Mm hmm. Um, welcoming in the the runners with whom I most identify. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who are pretty darn happy just to have gotten the race run. Uh-huh. So... Um,
0: I, think it, I think it's really nifty that you asked for that time slot in particular.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, too, it gives me Sunday to just kind of see the race. Because I didn't... When you're running it, you don't really get to... You don't pay attention to a lot of the other stuff that's mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. So... Um, That'll be nice, too.
0: Cool. Do you have a uh, do you have a pal that you're going to spectate with?
1: Nope. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll find some people along the way, though. Uh-huh. I, I have a bunch of friends who live in New York, and we're kind of sorting out plans. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'll spend sunday night and then come back home on on monday oh okay
0: all right well that makes sense if you're volunteering till 10 o'clock yeah if night. i'm
1: volunteering till 10 p.m i'm not gonna then hop the train and then drive home from uh-huh. the train station so
0: right yeah. right 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 so should we maybe have since your name your beautiful name has a lot of letters and people might mess up the spelling of it <laughs> should we just have them email bammer at another dot yes yeah so b-a-m-r yes. at another dot com. if you want to um, yes. make sure that you connect with adrian and other mother runners on saturday november is that the f- 4th 2017 at 3 p.m <laughs> um, so i don't want people listening to this like you know a year and a half
1: from now and be like i'm here i'm here where is everybody <laughs> <laughs> um, and also when you email me or when i email you back i'll give you my cell number so just okay. in case we can all uh, yeah, you know, text perfect. Up, so. perfect. Perfect, perfect, um, yeah. So I heard that uh, your weekend was a little, it was a little Halloween little party aside. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The Halloween party was the um, releasing steam, having fun, life is good, and the rest of it was a whole bum- bunch of bumpy, rough patches of um, mm. um although Daphne got her ears pierced and that was um very oh, momentous good. yeah so um yeah. and the first kid to get her ears pierced in our family so um at a tattoo and piercing parlor here in, oh, in Portland yeah because because yeah. that's because it turns out when you ask parents they either all went to Claire they either all brought kids right. to Claire's which I got an infection when I got my ears pierced from getting it done at a store so I didn't do that and otherwise yes everybody everybody Uniformly, not only says a piercing studio, but the exact same piercing studio, and it's called Black Hole
1: and um <laughs> yeah that's not ominous that yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah.
0: i guess it was oh it's the woman who did it was just a, she was just wonderful so yeah um, that's not
1: that's not just portland that they do that here too oh so. good
0: okay good 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 yeah, good. yeah. Yep. so um so anyway yeah um john just is really um he's um he really can go from 0 to 60 with his anger and and mm. l- losing his temper and shouting at people and meaning his parents or his siblings. Oh, and right. he and Daphne were just fighting like cats and dogs. And there was a lot of, you know, on his part, I hate you, mom. And, you know, I'm, right. I'm filled with hatred to, to the very, you know, out... Outskirts of my cells, like everything. Yeah, so, ah, yeah, yeah. uh, so that, and then Daphne made some poor choices. One, <laughs> uh it was just bad. It was, it was, oh uh, my gosh. So, I fretted about it a lot. So, I lost a lot of sleep, and,
1: uh,
0: and, yeah, it was not
1: fun. Well, you know, they're twelve. Yeah.
0: So, so I don't know. I just, you know, it's terrible. Because then I think, well, don't wish it away. Don't wish it away, because they'll be out of the house before I know it, and.
1: Uh. I think parts of it you can wish away. (laughs) Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's totally fine. Like, there are parts where I'm just like, yeah, no, this, I could do without this. This is not fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, I don't know. Um... So it was just very, I I just was like, and also we've been having beautiful weather. And so it was beautiful weather, yet I was totally in a funk because of all this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's going to be rainy and gray soon. I'll be in a funk because of that. Like I need to like be able to enjoy (laughs) this lovely weather. So, I need to save my funk. Right, right. <laughs> or I need to at least double up on it, you know, layer it like a sandwich, right. you know, so right. that I have the funk of, of being the mom of tweens and it being lousy weather and you know, right. the wintertime and everything. So yeah, so anyway, so but um that things have been better since they've been back at school and um
1: yeah.
0: Out of your hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah out of my hair, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, I you know, I've always it always made me crazy when people would say, oh, enjoy every minute. I'm like, you know what? Some of these minutes are really not enjoyable. Uh You
0: know,
1: I don't like, I don't find the minutes where, oh, I hate your mom. You're the worst mom ever. Mm -hmm. Are fun. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I prefer to forget those minutes, frankly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but the thing is, John is a truth seer. He definitely sees the situation for what it is at times. And he did, he called me out and he said, he said that I was selfish. And, Mm. um, you know, there's a fair bit of truth to that. Um right. and so um anyway so it ge- I I definitely paused and and um have given I've reflected on what he said and right. um. Did you to-
1: acknowledge his truth? Oh, for
0: sure. Oh, I oftentimes yeah. tell him that he re- that I really admire that he is able to see things as they are and to be able to succinctly and with great clarity sum up the situation
1: right maybe now he gets to work on tact
0: (laughs) um so um yeah he um i think he's Pretty repentant. So, um, right. um, and he was very loving to me. We had a nice time when he got home from trick or treating last night. Daphne okay. and Phoebe both stayed over at their friends' respective friends' houses. So it was just, um, and Jack was out at a party. So it was just me and my, <laughs> me and my little Juliet at home. So, right. Juliet slash right. Peggy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say Peggy, not
1: Juliet. Yes,
0: Peggy. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. For last night, Peggy, soon to be Juliet during the play, the play starts in, um, I think the first one is on the 15th so two weeks from today it opens oh, wow. yeah. yes yes so Romeo and Juliet for those of you listening in the Portland area Romeo and Juliet
1: at Da Vinci
0: <laughs> um, starting well, on the 15th for what it's worth, yes those
1: listening in the o- those listening in the Oneonta area I haven't seen my husband since uh oh, about a week ago because they're in tech for their Romeo and Juliet up at the college so
0: oh wow Wow. Uh, well, we'll barely, have to compare notes with
1: Juliet season.
0: <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, let's I'm going to introduce our guest. Um uh she is Jackie Dykos, a registered dietitian based in Indianapolis. A mom of two boys, Jackie is a kickbutt runner, a veteran of the Olympic Marathon Trials. Jackie penned a book that comes out next week called Finish Line Fueling: An Essential Guide to Runner's Nutrition. We'll chat with Jackie right after this break. Stay with us. Welcome back, Jackie. It's been a while. Uh, You were a guest on our pod back in the summer of 2013. Um, How's life been treating you since then? We know you've been busy with your book, which we'll get to in a bit.
2: Yes, uh, things have been great. We have uh, two boys, age 13 and 8, that are Mm -hmm. involved in baseball and football and keeping us very busy. And Mm -hmm. you're right, I did finish up a book um, that will be coming out in a couple weeks, or some orders have just gone out. And also, my husband and I have taken on Another big project, we're actually in the process of opening a a restaurant and brewery here in town.
0: Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah. Tell us about that.
2: Uh, You know, we we decided, uh, we lived out west near you guys not too long ago, about eight years ago in Seattle, and Uh we came away with just really loving the food and the whole atmosphere of um, the craft brewing, and my husband's a brewer, so we decided to open our own restaurant concept here where everything is basically house-made as often as possible, right down to our beer and um, really great quality food that people feel like they can feel good about and maybe take take out. And um, so, yeah, it, it's kind of a, a craft concept that we want to have our own craft breads and craft everything mm. just made, house made. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. That so sounds tell, tell
0: us the name of it. And my uh, nephew uh, just recently moved to Indianapolis. He just graduated from college. So I'll have to tell him about it.
2: Oh, no kidding. It's uh, called Field Brewing and it's in Westfield, Indiana. So a little bit north of Indianapolis. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Well,
0: nice. Well, good luck with that venture. When does it open?
2: It opens... We're shooting for uh, around March or spring. Okay. Good. Good. Good.
1: Nice. Um, So I hear that your marathon trial story was pretty epic.
2: Yeah. Well, um, it was definitely a journey. Uh, It was very (laughs) memorable to say the least, but yeah, you know, I've qualified to the Olympic trials twice. My first experience was in 2008, where I trained my heart out and I thought I was uh, really preparing well. And then the last few weeks, I ended up suffering from hamstring tendonitis. And, you know, it's such a neat opportunity to even be there that I didn't know if I could ever do it again. And I didn't want to just throw it out the window. So I ran the race and did what I could. And, you know, I had the police escort finish across the finish line and last. Mm-hmm. And it, it meant the world to still finish, but it definitely left motivation to see if I could do it again and, and have a better finish. So in 2012, I, uh, qual- or I actually, I qualified again at a home marathon here where I run- won it in 2010, which was meaningful too. But then mm-hmm. in 2012, I came back and, and made it to the trials again and had a much better experience. Um, they both were great, but this one I successfully finished with a strong performance. So okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: and, and- if I'm doing my math right, you had your second son in between those two attempts.
2: Yes, that's that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: Yeah. Making an extra badass. Very good. Right?
2: <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> you know, they're motivating. It's a lot of fun to have. Uh, I, I've always appreciated having my kids as as partly training partners. Whether you're pushing them or they're riding a bike beside me, it's one of my favorite parts of running.
0: Oh. You are a patient mother. That's nice. Um, So congrats on your book debuting, uh, Finish Line Fueling an Essential Guide to Runner's Nutrition. So tell folks about it, especially since it deals with so many of the topics we're going to touch on today.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. Um, You know, my goal when I was writing the book is to keep it practical, because just like you described with kids and and the challenge of running with them, I think everyday life has its challenges. And sometimes food Mm -hmm. just makes it feel complicated. So I created, it's part book, part cookbook, where I kind of just go over really great foundational, fundamental concepts that support everyday fueling for both the recreational athlete to the highly training athlete. Um, and with that, our kind of application towards the end of the book of how to apply those nutrition concepts with recipes.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. right. Nice. Um, so as we so often do, we asked our Bammers to post some questions on Facebook. Uh, about diet nutrition. So we have to start with a timely one, given that it's the day after Halloween. And Katie asked, which treats for my kids' buckets can I use to fuel a long run?
2: You know, it is a fun concept to do this time of year. It feels like an extra special treat, too. Mm-hmm. You know, overall, I would steer away from, um, if we're talking about just the practical end of it, chocolate is going to melt and, and right. like, yeah. to be messy and just the horrid. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I like
1: that you went for the practical aspect. That, that, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, and you know, I overall we want to limit kind of that high fat aspect too. So some of the really peanut buttery combined with chocolatey really wouldn't go well. But um, something like, I, I think even like um, a chewy kind of sugar-based candy would work, whether they're gummy based or um, mm-hmm. something along the lines, maybe a Tootsie Roll or, mm-hmm. you know, something along that end. But the goal at the end of the day is always still to shoot for, a general carbohydrate range of around thirty to sixty grams of carb per hour that that you're performing. So, mm-hmm. um, whichever sweet treat seems to fit the bill and fit in that range for you over the course of your training run would be it, it works. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I have a quick follow up question. Um, when I ran the New York Marathon last year, my favorite little treat that I had in my bag, and Sarah mocks me for this, were uh, Starlight Mints—the little, <laughs> you know, mints that you find in your grandma's
2: candy drawer? Yes. Like hard candy think of that kind?
1: Yeah, like a hard candy, yeah. yeah. And they're full of sugar and mint.
2: Yeah. You know, I think I mean ultimately if you're meeting the carb goals and it's and it feels like it goes down fine that works. I, I, from one standpoint I do think um, I don't know if you could quite eat enough of them since they're a little bit it, it's not like you chew and swallow so right. <laughs> um, as long as you still meet that carb range and if you're working that in as part of the regimen I think it can work but if that was the the sole regimen it might be a little tough to meet the car oh goals. yeah no 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 no. Yeah, yeah but if you're yeah, throwing yeah, one at right. them I think it sounds fun it can stimulate the palate um you know get rid of flavor fatigue sometimes where people right. are just tired of the same thing so yeah I think um that works
0: I love flavor fatigue as a term. Yes, Um,
1: I do too. um, And that's exactly what I was feeling. So (laughs) there you go. It
2: it totally describes how, you know, some I hear very often people just get tired of gels or whatever it is. If you can Uh break that up, it's great.
0: I have to say that at Twin Cities, uh, you know, where the course is lined by incredibly friendly Minnesotans, I have never seen more hard candy handed out at a race. Oh, really? Um and just just so many people and so finally I saw this guy handing out Jolly Ranchers and I was like yeah 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 and he holds it out it wasn't enough to just hand me one because you know being you know Mr Nice he was really like oh maybe she doesn't like you know you know sour apple or whatever and so um so I grabbed one and boy those things last a long time like right. I I, yeah.
2: I think that that's the so, only yeah. challenge as long as it doesn't interfere with really accomplishing the goal of taking in sufficient carbs during the workout or race or whatever it is. But yeah. Um, yeah, then it's great. And you know, sometimes even if there's some ginger candies where they're ginger flavored mm-hmm. hard candies, yep. and yeah. for yeah. those who get a little nauseous sometimes, or uh, that fits a lot of times with ultra runners too, um, mm-hmm. that ginger can help pacify some of that nausea feeling. So yeah, mm-hmm. you can really play with it.
0: Yeah, my um, daughter loves ginger hard candies from Whole Foods. That's like, I'm yeah. um, forgetting what they're called. Alex, do you remember? You're you're nodding your head yeah, like you Oh, you like the chewy ones. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. I think ginger
2: people is one of them. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so, all right. So now that we're back from the candy tangent, <laughs> uh, which is always a fun little side trip to take. Um, so uh, Sue dove in on our Facebook right away asking, um, please address the importance of fueling and recovery. And then she had like, it was delve a little deeper. Oxidative stress is huge and rarely addressed in nutritional advice.
2: Yeah, so, you know, um, I think that question probably has a few layers to it even, but mm-hmm. I, I, eating soon after a workout, it, ultimately it supports the body's ability to protect from, um, you know, adapt to training, demands, it strengthens the body. The more mm-hmm. you respond after a workout, the really, the more you can command of your body at, at the end of the day is how I feel about it. And mm. oxidative stress is important. It, you know, it's a, an imbalance between what we call ROS or reactive o- oxygen species And getting sufficient antioxidant defenses with everyday eating and what we're doing with those things. So, there is a balance there that's necessary too. So, hopefully, one is recovering soon after workouts with really great whole food ingredients where you can have access to those great antioxidant sources too. So, they kind of go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, absolutely, if someone can train or um, refuel within, you know, 30 minutes or so, uh, if it goes to 60, that works too. But a lot of times, Mm -hmm especially newer runners, they might feel kind of nauseous after they run, mm-hmm. and they'll go mm-hmm. hours after a long run without eating, and they mm-hmm. are not going to bounce back nearly like the runner who you know, gets in the fuel early and has a small meal soon after even that snack. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. Thinking along those same lines, um, one of the Bammers, Virginia, uh, wrote that so many sources talk about a recovery snack that's the right ratio of protein and carbs. I know chocolate milk is one, which she loves but she'd love to know another easy post-run recovery snack. She has a rice intolerance though, which cuts out the vast majority of bars.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I stress less over that exact ratio because I think it, it while it, it it makes sense, yes, at the same rate, I think sometimes it's not always practical and it can induce a different kind of stress in people where they're running out the door with kids and trying to make sure they're hitting their three to one or four to one carb to protein right. ratio. Mm-hmm. So at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I really just encourage uh, a. a around half your body weight in grams of carbohydrate paired with 10 to 25 grams of protein. If you're within that spectrum, no matter how you put that together, you're going to support recovery. So um, that can be in the shape. It doesn't have to always be bars. Um, There are a few bars out there that I am a fan of, but outside of that, I really do encourage whole food eating versus Mm -hmm. resorting to bars. So, you know, even yogurt and fresh fruit, or a bowl of oatmeal with a couple hard-boiled eggs. Um, those are examples of how we're pairing protein with carbohydrates through whole foods, and then we can gain access to those great antioxidants and all the other wonderful ingredients that come with it. That sometimes really, it's um, it's it ultimately can be lacking in just that that same old bar all the time. That you know, there's a lot of bars on the market that are not quite as a deal as as they might seem. So, mm-hmm, right, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm,
0: huh. So, um, we have two questions dealing with keto diets, which I didn't realize is a thing until, uh, until I started like looking at these questions. So, um, let's start with Heather. And she says, I've been following a keto diet for a while now to lose baby weight, which worked well, but found when I trained for a marathon, I bonked out after 15 miles and had to go back to the carbs. Is it healthy to go low carb if marathon training? And, and if you could also kind of describe what a keto diet is to those of us not in the know
2: yeah basically a keto diet is virtually a no carb diet with high fat and high protein and you know ultimately i i it's not a diet that i'm recommending to the athletes i work with um at this point i don't think i feel like any diet that's really extreme can snowball to trouble and right now there there's some evidence that maybe says hey there's some health benefits but um that's just a really isolated population if you ask me and outside of that we really just want to have um, those carbohydrates incorporated into the diet but that doesn't mean we can't play with a lower carb approach at times and there are low carb strategies that can be applied to a training runner who also includes carbs at other times that meets I would assume the goals that she's going for with you know becoming a being able to burn fat and, and lean out and things like that but you know sometimes it just a simple strategy I like to encourage runners to start with is maybe that easy morning run during the week. You go out on an empty stomach. You don't, you don't have that pre-run snack or fuel beforehand. And that's one strategy, but there's lots of ways you can kind of manipulate running with less carb. And then the Mm -hmm. other windows eat carbs and you find this really great balance between the two worlds. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Another one I apply, uh, it's mentioned in my book, but um, it's, uh, Kind of a, a progression strategy of long runs where every, it's a three week rotation of long runs where one long run, your shortest long run and easiest, you go without fuel. So you might, mm-hmm. eat, you can do it with skipping breakfast or not, or you can do it with less carb during the run, but you kind of play with how you use your carb or not use it in the easier example. And then the next mm-hmm. long run, you do half of your marathon goal kind of fueling regimen. And then week three, you do your fuel, full marathon fueling regimen. And it gives your body a, a, a good judge of fueling with less applying your marathon strategy it's kind of a good balance between the two and it forces you to rotate that because i run into a lot of runners who either just always run on empty all the time or they're always running full all the time so uh, i feel like that rotation really forces you to to apply strategy to that fueling technique
0: so in the the thinking behind running on half full as it were like what is the talk to us about what the why one would be um, impelled to do that.
2: Yeah, there's you know there's evidence that tells us that having a little bit of that lower carb approach supports how the body utilizes its energy while you're running. So mm-hmm. there are some gains with that in terms of it, some even call it quote unquote fat burning, becoming a better fat burner. So mm-hmm. the goal is to play with your carbohydrate intake at times during training windows that will support the body's utilization of of how it uses its energy stores while you're running. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't doesn't mean we get rid of carbs completely. At the end of the day, when you're performing and race day occurs, it's optimal to include carbs. These are only strategies we apply to kind of the training routine, and then mm-hmm. for goal performances, you always want to fuel with carbs because that will maximize your performance. Okay.
0: okay, and if if I can keep going down this track, because I have to, you know we've had nutritionists, including yourself, on on the uh, podcast, you know, had a lot of them on and I used to go out for my e- easier morning runs without eating anything. And then one of them was like, Oh no, 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 you definitely have to. So then now I've made like, that's my religion. Mm-hmm. I now, you know, definitely always have something before I go out. So even if I'm not training for a race, do you think there would be benefit to say like this morning before my six mile run that wasn't doing any pace? Cause I'm just a month off my marathon? Um. Like, is, would there have been benefit to, to just heading out without anything other than, like, you know, drinking a bottle at noon?
2: That's a great question. I love it. Um, you know, you just reiterate that there's no one size fits all. First of all, yes, I do think there's advantages for you to do that type of run. I think there's advantages for just about everyone, too. However, mm-hmm. there is a stage that many um, people, runners, uh, they can cross over to where if they're in a high stress state, um, it's not always an advantage. So mm-hmm. um, there are certain windows where it might not be appropriate. There, for example, if I'm working with an amenorrheic, um female who's not having a menstrual cycle, I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. going to encourage her to mm-hmm. fiddle with her carbohydrate intake because I feel like her body probably is going under different stressors that we need to address before we add mm-hmm. another. So sure, right. um, I do think it's fairly individual. And if someone recognizes things like, let's say they are... Um, slowly gaining weight, and they're not sure why, and they can't put it together, and they're cutting carbs, and they're trying to apply this concept, well, it might mean that they're eating too low of carbs, their cortisol might be creeping up, and in fact, they need to add carbs to their diet to reduce that cortisol load, and then the, mm. they'll find the couple pounds they were kind of struggling with fall off. So mm-hmm. it really isn't um, exactly a one-size-fits-all, but I think with you know, tracking and paying attention to the how, how the body responds with training... Um, things like that, you can really fine-tune what the best fit for each person is, but at least we have these starting guidelines for people to play with and appreciate and see what the best fit is. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, to kind of quickly transition back to protein for a yeah. second, Beth was looking for a suggestion. Um, what's a good protein bar without many additives, sugar, and junk?
2: Yeah, you know what? It's really hard to find good protein bars on the market. I am, there's really, I rarely do i hit a whole handful of bars i recommend anymore because i think a lot of them um, are filled with just less desirable ingredients and sometimes i feel like people abuse bars enough like it becomes right. two meals a day and then they have their mm-hmm. one meal it just it ends up more of a meal replacement but um, i tend to fall towards i like that there. there's the rx bar um, it's mm-hmm. got very few ingredients and uses egg white protein as a, a protein source that i think is a fantastic concept and They've got mm-hmm. nice flavors um, that work well. Yeah. Also, the Go Macro Bar is another nice whole oh, food yeah. bar that I, I sometimes encourage. There's a couple that have a little bit more protein. I'd probably steer towards that route if you're looking for recovery. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, overall, I, th- I think it's great if people... I, I love, like I mentioned, we're doing um, a restaurant because I really believe in this. The more you can prepare things from home and kind of build your own protein bar, I really think at the end of the day, you can put a lot of quality into your own protein bar without resorting mm-hmm. to necessarily all the prepackaged products on the market.
1: Mm-hmm. Is there a recipe in your book? Yeah, or a I do have for- one example. Okay. And
2: like RX, I in that example, I fall back to egg white protein powder that I use in it. But mm-hmm. um, whey is another really great option. I fall to egg white and whey protein powders. But when I encourage people, If they're going to go out and buy these types of products, like the protein powders, really look for the protein powder to be the sole ingredient. So it will just say Mm -hmm. egg white protein, and maybe it'll have something like sunflower lecithin, but we're not looking for a whole long list of ingredients that you don't even know what they mean. Um, Even Mm -hmm. in your protein powders, we're just looking for them to enhance the other great food sources you're pairing it with. I don't mean that the protein powder should then become the sole
0: source of protein That's through your right, diet right, right 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 and that um uh courtney was asking she's also um been kind of curious about the keto diet and um she you know hears over and over again to eat lean protein um and so she says can you help a mama decode what's best so for, let's talk about for a little bit um healthy whole food lean protein choices
2: yeah, I think lean protein. I, when that's expressed, I think at the end of the day, we're, we're steering away from a diet excessive in saturated fats, um, as much as you know, as much as possible. But at the same rate, um, fat is very important in the diet. So when we're choosing proteins, I encourage it protein with quality fat. So um, if lean proteins would be something more along the lines of a, a, a lean chicken breast that doesn't mm-hmm. have skin on it. So you know, we mm-hmm. get rid of that skin element. But if we're looking for a really great Protein that maybe does contain good fat that would be more like a salmon or bass. So, mm-hmm. um, and even an egg, um, the egg yolk. I think there are some benefits to having that yolk with it. Um, you can find really great eggs with omega threes, and it's a source of mm-hmm. iodine and choline and good things. So, um, it's finding the balance. Really, we're looking we're looking to get rid of the steak and eating the crusty fat outside the steak, um, and really just <laughs> going for lean meats. Great bison and. Um, so, when I think we're, we're looking for that extra excess fat and, and steering away from the really deep fried um, proteins like fried chicken and, and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. There's a. It's funny you mentioned um, the, the fat on the outside of steak. There's a restaurant here in town called Grain and Gristle, and um, I find Gristle so disgusting. And, um, <laughs> my twelve year old son and I drove past it the other day, and I'm like, "Hey John, what do you think of the name of that restaurant?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna be eating there anytime soon." Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: that wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah, yeah, some people
2: really like to overcook it and eat it crunchy, and and that would be the opposite of the lean protein route we're looking for. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um so let's switch to uh, portion control and weight management. Um, Jerry writes, I would appreciate the everyday facts when it comes to carbs, protein, and sugars. Not grams, please. as though That doesn't compute with me. But three portions of this, a cup of this, eight ounces of this. She said, portion is always the biggest worry. And it is in my house as no one here looks underfed. And Kathy chimed in on the Facebook page. And don't forget those fats. We all need fat to accompany the carbs and proteins.
2: Yeah. I, you know... I wish I could give Jerry um, a really straightforward answer with, you know, eat this amount of this. But at the end of the day, we all do have a different amount of each food we need. We have different requirements. But when it comes to, again, I just like to keep things simplified, make it less complicated in a world around us that seems so complicated all the time. So Mm -hmm. if he doesn't know them already, I would encourage him to discover what exactly carbs, protein, and fat, what food groups Uh they come from. Mm-hmm. And um, strive to achieve a balance between each of those food groups every time you eat. I actually encourage five elements. I encourage a source mm. of quality carbs, lean protein, healthy fat, antioxidants, and water as often as someone eats. And by antioxidants, I just mean see if you can add color. But mm. um, but striving for a balance between all those, and when Kathy chimed in with uh, the fat, mentioning the fats, I do agree. If you have a little bit, I think at least... Um, of each of those food groups every time someone eats as often as possible. If someone wants to snack on an apple, go have an apple. But (laughs) they might find that they're they're more satisfied if they pair that apple with a little bit of peanut butter or a cheese stick or a touch of yogurt and and Mm -hmm. serve that balance a little bit better. But then you don't have to fuss over those grams that he doesn't want to stress over at the end of the day. Um, So if we have a little bit each time, you're more likely to meet the total goal at the end of the day. Mm Um, and there are strategies that can be applied in terms of, I'll call it more of an intuitive eating, instead of just focusing on portions and grams that someone needs, really listening to what the body's trying to communicate. If there's a pressure mm-hmm. in the gut and you're feeling pretty full every time you eat, well, you're probably overeating a little bit. You shouldn't necessarily feel, feel full and bloated every, every meal or snack. So um, there'd be education probably that would be beneficial to, to educate on some of those, just the, the signs the body's trying to communicate in terms of need, whether it needs food or whether it's time to, to hold back a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. So you're implying that beige is not a color? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Um, to kind of shift it up, um, Laurie asks, Do you recommend eating five small meals a day or two to three decently portioned ones? She's reading a book that recommends you drink their smoothie in the morning and then only eat two more meals during the day. The reasoning is if you continue to eat throughout the day, it will spike your blood sugar. My previous understanding was eating five small meals a day keeps your blood sugar steady throughout the day. All of this information is so confusing.
2: It's a great question. Um, and she's probably not going to like my beige response. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it really is individual. I do think there is an element to fasting, um, having fasting periods throughout the day. So I like if, if she's really structuring it that it's five small meals and separate, that's good. The person who constantly grazes all day long, I do think there's advantage to what, what I, what's called the gut microbiota, basically just the balance of bacteria in our gut to go through windows where we're not necessarily just constantly eating all day long. So I would encourage just a separation, um, having windows without necessarily the constant infusion, especially someone who finds maybe they've got kind of an anxious tendency to always be having hard candy in their mouth or just something, you know. Um, But outside of that, I think in terms of whether it's, you know, three meals a day or five meals a day, that's really preferential. I think um, weight management issues and kind of the person's individual situation might come into play if those five meals are, grow and it becomes kind of an excess of intake in the day, or if someone's underfeeling with just the three meals and they're a very lean runner that could use some, some weight gain, we might switch up the strategy for that too. So in in the it, right. at the end of the day, I don't think that if anyone says, "Hey, this is the hard cut answer and it's the right one," I can't say that that, that there is such a thing. There is no exact right or wrong answer to that question.
1: Well, that's frustrating. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I think five meals um, for a high, you know, a high calorie demand person, five meals sounds appropriate, or, or right. having at least three meals and a couple snacks.
1: Right. Um. So this is one that I kind of relate to because I can, I see this down the road for me, closer than than you might think. Um, So what changes should one make to nutrition while aging and possibly approaching menopause? Uh, I'm running three to four days a week and working with a personal trainer and trying to lose a few pounds. What should the breakdown of macros look like as I approach 50? Um, And I know in your book, There are suggestions for modifying the included recipes based on age as well as gender and performance goals.
2: You know, I think uh, as we age, uh, a big factor that comes into play is a loss of lean mass. And so people feel like, oh, I can't eat like I used to because they don't have quite the calorie demand. So part of it is I encourage strategies to support that lean mass. And one of them is an aging athlete would want to increase their protein intake at least a little bit. So I would probably encourage that first and foremost to increase lean mass. So um, don't let that, it's easy to want to run one more mile and then skip kind of the strength exercises when we get back home. So as an aging athlete, it's even more important then to continue the strength regimen and pair that with an increase in protein as well. Mm-hmm. So in terms of just macros, I would definitely focus on strategies like that. Um, and then we want to promote digestion as well. So I sometimes might involve, um, how, where are your probiotic sources? Can we keep promoting healthy digestion and, and promote the, the absorption and digestion of all the nutrients they're taking in day to day? Because that plays a role as we age as well. So um, the biggest thing I would say is for that person to bump up their protein intake and maybe cut back on, specifically I like as, um, either way I encourage everyone to kind of limit their sugar intake, but as we age, I think that person would find even greater benefit, and maybe they've already adjusted kind of the, if they did more cookies when they were younger things like that but cutting back on general sugar still having those great quality carbs i wouldn't cut those but they might find it's better let's say they have a bowl of oatmeal if they were younger and they used to put brown sugar on their oatmeal they might find as they age that's one thing that feels better um they feel better fueled without having extra sugar with it and things like that
1: Hmm. that is one thing i've noticed the older i get the less sugar i actually even want yep yep Um, yep Mm -hmm. really interesting i I hadn't thought
2: of it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think over time you start to recognize it really doesn't make you feel good and you recognize that other things feel like they're feeling your body a little better Mm -hmm. and the the natural shift occurs where maybe when we're younger we're just muddled with good judgment. No, I don't know. (laughs) know.
0: As a child, I mean, like if we had, you know, cake or pie for dessert, I would be tucking into that first thing in the morning and now I won't even like touch stuff like that until like three four in the afternoon i just have you know you know people be like i don't know hey you want this cookie you want this whatever i'm like nope i have just no desire for it whatsoever whereas right. give it to me at 7 30 at night and i am on that like white on rice i mean
1: yeah See, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, now somebody offers me a cookie at three in the afternoon. I'm I'm eating the cookie. But um, (laughs) some of the concoctions that my kids come up with, I'm like, how can you even eat that? It's like just straight sugar. Why? Why?
2: Yes. You know, and I think if someone's looking as they're aging to shed a few pounds, you know, a a little sugar in the diet is pleasant. Um, Maybe some honey on your oatmeal or, or different ways like that. But kind of those unwanted sugars that can creep up and get really high, ultimately, they don't su- support a lot of quality, mm-hmm. so they can be kind of inflammatory if you're overdoing that versus good quality food sources. So especially if if they're getting older and they're looking to kind of steer away from inflammatory factors, keep those few pounds off, shedding some of that sugar from their diet is a great way to, to, to support that.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of the, um, back to the aging question, I'm intrigued by you saying that uh, you want to encourage the absorption of nutrients. Um, is that something that becomes that the body becomes less able to do as we age?
2: You know, I think there's just so many stressors on the body as we age that interfere with it. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's a lot of people who are fine and they're great and their digestion's, you know, working wonderful. And then there's other people who kind of dealt with too much stress in their lifestyle and things like that, where I feel like things have, have gotten um, just less efficient. And one just blunt example would be like the aging um, adult who feels like they suffer from constipation a lot and things like that. Well, we want to keep things moving and regular and healthy digestion going. So there's strategies that might need to be applied to support that. That aging runner um, feel like those things are working great. And kind of the flip side too. There's plenty of runners out there also who who end up with kind of diarrhea all day long and just digestion on a different standpoint. So we want to support op- optimal digestion the best we can
0: it's so funny because when you kept saying healthy digestion I was like I think she's talking about pooping but we how do we get her to talk so I'm glad that you went there because I'm like um, I feel that's a euphemism for something let's really talk about what you're talking about
2: I'm so sorry a lot of my conversations end up falling to that so. <laughs> well,
0: we love TMI just keep, just keep talking like that Jackie we understand those things
2: <laughs> I think most runners are very open about talking about it most I come across anyway it's kind of an open book subject I think because it's in reality It's a practical conversation and something that a lot of runners deal with all the time.
0: Oh, yep, 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 yep. Um, So, you know, it's interesting. So you're talking about healthy digestion. And um, so I have somewhat tangentially related to that. Um, So now two of my kids are vegetarian, which really uh, makes my life difficult. We have been eating a lot, a lot, a lot of lentils lately. (laughs)
1: I I know where this is (laughs) Um, uh, going
0: Like yesterday I had leftovers For both lunch and dinner And they were from like one was from one night And then one was from two nights before Both of them had lentils I'm like how many lentils can a person eat in a day Which brings me to the question from Maureen Who is looking for She says um, she avoids dairy And is also not a huge meat lover So she'd appreciate ideas for whole food protein That are vegan friendly So um are lentils a good choice, and can you recommend other things?
2: Yes, I think lentils is great. It's great that your kids are eating them, so that's wonderful. <laughs> I think it's a great option. If someone is making the transition, let's say, um, let's say they they're, they were previously a meat eater and they're jumping to vegan. Normally, mm. in that situation, I would recommend for that person to take one source at a time. So mm. maybe they pull beef and then figure out ways that they can fill the gap with a lot of things that beef provides with a vegan source and kind of make the transition one at a time instead of all at once and kind of going all in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it supports the education and it makes for a really sound diet. But other great sources I would consider, um, quinoa is a wonderful source Uh that can be involved in many meals as a base layer even. Um, Beans (laughs) are a great source and there's so many wonderful beans and textures. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I hear, um, like even with the lentils, that there's, a texture issue sometimes with beans and those similar, um, whether it's beans or lentils, and you can do a mash, you can hide them in meals. I think Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways you can really work with it. Mm -hmm. Pea protein is another one. There's great lentil pastas out there actually, even when I think about um, the textures. Pumpkin seeds, walnuts, and other forms of nuts and seeds are great. I don't know if this, I think you mentioned vegan, so eggs wouldn't be a total fit, but I I was thinking eggs um, if, if they're vegetarian. And tofu, that's another one. So, And hopefully any vegan um, runner or any vegan eater would be incorporating lots of vegetables. So when a plate is full of vegetables, we also, vegetables in and of themselves aren't necessarily super high in protein, but when we pair it with the beans and the lentils and then we do a heap of vegetables like grape, Brussels sprouts and artichokes and things mm-hmm. like that, we add different elements of protein by having that big, beautiful antioxidant base too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: We, um, what do you think of some of the um, kind of meat substitutes in like the either frozen food aisle or like the f- kind of fresh, I don't know what you call the, the fresh sort of near, it's near where salami and cheese are at Trader <laughs> yes. Joe's. But like, so, so, you know, Satan, I don't know if I'm saying that properly. I know not to say it's Satan, right? Um, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also um, we uh, tried corn, which is spelled with a Q and it's um, made from mushrooms and, um, like you kinda of make it can be like you know you can use it in tacos instead of ground animal protein,
2: yeah. You know, I think um, if they fill gaps a little bit in the diet, I'm fine with those types of products, but I've worked with enough vegans that that ends up dominating the diet significantly. Mm. And it's just like uh, whether you're a meat eater meat eater, or vegan, I really don't encourage a lot of those products. I can't say that I'm telling people to run out and get the frozen prepackaged meal from the freezer section any more mm-hmm. than I would tell a vegan to do that. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, I think um, I would encourage whole food like the great lentils you mentioned before, mm-hmm. whether it's created into a chili or... On top of a bed of rice or however someone's doing it as often as possible foods can be um, the least processed and made from scratch i think the better mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah for the record i made a uh chana masala that has lentils and chickpeas and then a um vegetarian bolognese that has lentils instead of Meat, and so that's oh, that how. that sounds I, delicious. Yeah, they were very. Oh, that one with the vegan bowl in it or the vegetarian bowl Ah, uh, yeah, because we put ch- cheese in it. Uh, that was a Melissa Clark recipe, and gosh, it was mm. particularly good as a leftover.
2: Oh, oh so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When they sit a day, they're even better. I agree. Oh yep.
0: my goodness! Oh my goodness! Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, good job. That's great. Oh. Oh,
1: oh. So I think we're to uh, a final question, mm-hmm. which didn't fit neatly into any category, uh, it's from Katie, who's interested in whether any particular supplements are specifically good for runners. She tries to eat healthy, but she knows she doesn't always do well enough, like all of us, Katie.
2: Yeah, I think it's a great question. There are a couple um, supplements I typically, or, or a couple, I should say, laboratory evaluations too, to, to, just frequently for runners to have checked with their annual physical, and then we would address that with supplementation too. But. They're, they're just trends I see most often. The two big ones I would say that I feel like make a big impact are vitamin D mm-hmm. uh, and iron so checking ferritin status or at least having an initial full iron workup is often good for many runners and yes, males work into that as well
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and, and you know outside of that, there are other nutrients and and in my book, I kind of highlight some of them, but I think other things to really make sure if if you're not necessarily um Supplementing, just making awareness that they're present in the diet, such as omega threes, probiotics, magnesium, zinc, and then for that aging athlete that we were talking about, although this applies to younger um, athletes a little bit too, would be to consider glutamine. Mm. But you oh. know, I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of the app called Chronometer?
1: No, uh-uh.
2: no. It's so uh, you, I'm sure you've heard of my, Lose It, My Fitness Pal, and things like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm less of an advocate of of those and a little bit more of an advocate of chronometer because chronometer actually tracks your micronutrient intake. So if someone tracks, and I don't mean they have to track forever, I think just pop on for a few days or maybe a week at a time to get an assessment. Um, But if someone sees that they are chronically low in zinc or chronically low in omega-3s, the goal would be, okay, how can I shift what I'm eating? Maybe maybe they start snacking on evening walnuts instead of those Tootsie Rolls from the candy bin yesterday. <laughs> but the goal would be to shift towards a micronutrient or, you know, the nutrient focus that someone notices a trend that they're always kind of insufficient in. And chronometer can be a great tool, especially that vegan runner mm-hmm. who's you know, wants to check in, hey, am I really meeting the nutrients I really need? Things mm-hmm. like that. It's not perfect, but it'll at least guide to to adjusting choices and making sure you're striving for those nutrients. But wow. at the end of the day there are supplements that that can benefit um and each one's a little different but I, I at least a base starting point is to make sure during low sun exposure months that vitamin D is addressed and mm-hmm. to, to see if you want to follow ferritin trends or your iron levels. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. I just um Living here in Portland, Oregon, I just started taking vitamin D again during the summer. I was like, okay, I won't, I won't take it because you know I was running in shorts or or you know tank tops, whatever. And now I'm like, yeah, I need to go back to taking vitamin D. <laughs> yeah,
2: and you know something I run into a lot is I will have people taking vitamin D, but their vitamin D levels won't improve. And mm. I'm not right. sure if people realize vitamin D is best paired with a source of fat. So you actually want to eat it with a meal and have that meal have fat in it because um, I run into a lot of people who take vitamin D kind of in the morning, empty stomach, uh-huh. and really we're we're not optimizing the absorption of it. So if they can actually oh. pair that vitamin D with a source of fat, they're actually optimizing how your body's going to utilize that.
0: Okay. So I should not keep it in my uh, bathroom and take it after I brush my teeth, but I should be having it with my whole fat yogurt that I have for breakfast. Right.
2: Perfect. Yes. Okay.
0: I will move it down to the kitchen today, Jackie. And awesome. think of you. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. It's always great to talk with you.
2: You too. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, having me on today. Yeah. And good luck with Thanks, the book Jackie. and the restaurant. Thank you. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Well, a lot to chew on as always is the case when we have a nutritionist on. <laughs> Alex is shaking his head over that bad pun. I love a bad pun. Uh, (laughs) So, all right. So kind of um, a quirky to lamb corner today because instead I'm going to be promoing the fact that we just opened registration for our most popular program of the year. It's called Stride Into the Holidays. It's a five-week program that um, has unique, fun workouts. um, And it is... The shortest workout is a mere 20 minutes. The longest is 60 to 90 minutes. Don't worry, those are... um, few and far between usually on the weekends and uh, most sessions clock in in around 30 minutes and um as dimity has summed it up she says stride into the holidays has you sweating five days a week with an option for six day if your schedule allows it also has quick helpful cues for self care so your mind and spirit hum as your legs run and the point of stride into the holidays is to you know keep you moving and um make you not get totally you know go sideways as you, you know, base turkeys, hang a wreath, light the menorah, decorate cookies, shovel snow, wrap packages, and otherwise carry on through the most festive time of the year. And in this season of giving, AMR also wants to, we also want to point out that 100% of the profits go to the charity of your choice, um, Heart Strides or 261 Fearless. So head on over to trainlikeamother.club to sign up for Stride Into the Holidays. The program kicks off on November 13th. Our podcast is a member of the Acast network and our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles.